Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Hello and welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. Now today, we are speaking to the absolutely wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Joe Duckfield. As you know, we I have this fantastic connection. <laughs> Joe and I have a fantastic connection, dear listeners, and I know you've all enjoyed the wonderful um, interview that Joe gave previously. Now this this chat today is all about the Pearls of Wisdom virtual online retreat uh, that is running 5th and 6th of September and Joe is one of our platinum sponsors. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Joe Duckfield, wellness and spirituality specialist and one of our platinum sponsors. Welcome, Joe. Hi, Pearl. Thank you for inviting me on again. It's always lovely to come and have a good chat with you. I look forward to this. I mean, the, the listeners should know we speak most days anyway and quite a few times every day I think yeah we do <laughs> we're terrible aren't we but it's good because we've got that connection which is so lovely mm. and I think I think the listeners will will actually hear and feel that connection as well so I'm going yeah, to ask lovely. brilliant I, I'm going to ask you first Joe. as you are being wonderful you're doing so many sessions for us can you give a brief outline of what the audience can expect from you on the sessions during the retreat please mm. well I gave it a lot of thought as you know and the theme of the retreat being moving through the other side of lockdown and covid I was thinking how I could best serve people and something that I've done through lockdown myself on my own business page was free meditations and free um, healing sessions where people can go through a visualization and essentially heal themselves with a bit of guidance and I thought how could I enhance that how could I make that even more powerful and more effective for, for, for your attendees for the participants in the retreat so the Saturday is going to be the first half of it is going to be about our intuition. I think something that has happened to a lot of people during lockdown is that we've switched off from listening to ourselves because we've been wrapped up in this fear, the uncertainty, the unknown, and to separate ourselves from everybody. We've kind of lost touch with our own inner voice and our own inner guidance and what I want to do is create a space where you can get back in touch with that so the first part of Saturday will be about um, listening how to listen to your intuition how to connect to it and then how to actually put that into effect so if you like a positive thought a positive action positive interaction um, and flipping things so I don't know whether you've done this but this is a conversation I've had on the weekend is about flipping thoughts so when you have a negative thought we all have something called a stress bucket in our body in our brain 
all right if you imagine it as a bucket and every negative thought you had have goes in that bucket and it fills up your stress bucket and it's when that gets overfilled or when it starts to overflow that we have the feeling of overwhelm some people go into burnout some people get anxiety some people get stress-related illnesses and what that stress bucket does is it puts us into fight or flight and when we're in our fight or flight state well it's actually fight flight fight or fawn um and what that does is it stops us from being able to listen to our intuition because what we're listening to at that point is the primitive brain the reptilian brain We have two little almond-shaped devices in the brain called the amygdala, and it's the smoke alarm of the brain. And the minute that starts going off, we don't actually listen to our intuition anymore. We're listening to our amygdala. We're listening to our fear response. And I think for so many people through this period, this pandemic period, they've actually swapped from listening to their gut feeling or their intuition into feeling and, and reacting to that fear state. Yep. So what can we do about that? Well, we can learn to empty our stress bucket through meditation, exercise, good sleep, talking with friends, maybe going to see a therapist or a counsellor, eating well, supporting our body, supporting our immune system, making our environment. And when I mean our environment, I mean everything we surround ourselves with, friends, our home, our work environment where we spend our time and who we spend our time with is our environment. And you need to make sure that that's clean. And what I mean by that is that you've removed as many of the triggers and many of the negative things as you can. If you can clear all of that and you can really attend to your needs and notice the word I'm using is needs. So it's not necessarily what you want. It's what you need. Yeah. Our inner voice can start to be heard and there is a way to learn how to listen to it but you have to have your body has to feel safe if your body doesn't feel safe it's not going to listen to your intuition as easily it's going to listen to the fear response obviously because your body wants you to stay alive so that's what I want to just show is how you can move out of that space of listening to the fear mind or what I call the the little ego into the big ego that um, that is wanting you to to do more and start to live again and start to think about your future and start to connect with your intuition again. And in with that, I want to have um, part of one of the sessions about clearing energy. So how to clear your home, how to clear your space, how to clear everything in your home and your garden and your car and where you mostly spend your time. Let's clear the energy. And it isn't as simple as just sweeping some sage around, which is what people think. Mm. it's a lot more involved than that so that would be the Saturday um and if we have time we're going to add in some work on the the earth star chakra and the base chakra which if you're familiar with energy medicine you'll know about the energy wheels if you're not the theory is it's how energy moves through your body through the meridians of your body which are lines of energy through your body so that relates to things like reflexology acupuncture those kinds of practices kinesiology which is the energy is running through your body so if we can start working through the chakras and that's what I aim to start with on Saturday and then complete it on the Sunday is working through the chakras so that we can clear them um and that I'm making that sound easy 
But if you think about a river running through your body with lots of water wheels, which is what the chakras essentially are, if you think of it as like a ceiling fan or a water wheel, mm. what we want to do is make it so the energy can run smoothly. Yeah. But the trouble is the different energy that is within those chakras and the different glands within our body and the mechanics, the physical mechanics of our body. So the solar plexus isn't very far from the adrenal glands. And of course, the adrenal glands are what's triggered by the fear flight flight god i can't even speak this morning (laughs) the fear the fear response so fight or flight response is you know then adrenaline will be pumped into the body from the adrenals and they're around the solar plexus so it's just looking at both sides so the physical effects when the chakras aren't quite working and the spiritual effects and they are vast and it's about being truthful with yourself and looking at boundaries that's the other thing within those chakras and I, I did have this thought yesterday when I was thinking about doing these workshops. Um, in my own life at the moment, the pattern of saying no and yes to things is, is coming up for me. Yeah. And we've talked about it privately. But there is something that I really want to work on with boundaries. And I'm not quite sure which chakra it's going to link to. Spirit will show me. But I suspect it is the solar plexus, actually, because it's that part when we cross our arms that we cover. It's just below our breastbone. The saying no to somebody and having maybe 10 minutes of uncomfortableness or discomfort is much better than six months of resentment where you said yes to something that you really don't want to do. And, I, and I'm beyond doing that. I, I refuse to do it anymore. I'm not saying yes to things. And I've been practicing this for about 18 months. Well, I just I'd rather say no and feel a little bit awkward for a while and have someone be a bit pissed off with me rather than say, yes, go and do it and actually feel resentful towards that person or that situation. And so often we do that. And actually, that's not good for you because the resentment is harbored in your body. And it's all of those kinds of things that I'd like to address during the retreat, really. My theme is boundaries, I guess. My theme (laughs) is boundaries building them bringing some down creating new ones and it's boundaries within you it's boundaries in your relationship to others and how you create hmm, how can I put it like a a smooth path for yourself moving forward because if you can release all of those patterns and behaviors that have kind of harbored you or stopped you or giving you those moments of just not feeling whole and not feeling like you're honoring yourself. If we're going to move through this difficult time, which we obviously are, we have to. um, If there's one thing that I think we should take from it is self care is about, you know, no one's going to come help you. No one's going to come in on a white horse and rescue you. No one's going to pass you a magic pill to get through this. You've got to get through it yourself. And in order to get through it, you need to be strong. We're going to have to be strong. It's not, you know, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's not going to be that hard, but it's also not going to be easy. It's going to be a challenge. And we're all being triggered by each other right now. So the more whole and clear you can be the easier it's going to be to navigate through this I I believe so that's my that's my approach to the weekend yeah the mind body spirit I absolutely love that and it touches on so many things 
like when you say about ban- boundaries, I've only been reading, I think it's in a few posts, I saw a few posts on LinkedIn only this morning, where people are saying, yes, do we like this idea of working from home since it's been locked down and people have had to work from home? The mental health issues that it's given because you don't have boundaries, like when you're in the office, you have that set time where you know you're going to get up, you're going to turn that computer off, you're going to leave your desk and you're going to go home. So even if nothing else, you've got that switch off time whilst you're travelling back to home. Now people don't have that. And so they don't know technically when to switch off so that they're, they're constantly working. They're giving themselves pressure with that. So it's making more stress. Mm-hmm. And yes, I think people are seeing, like you said, they're starting to see, they turn into a spiritual way of life and to understand maybe meditating and things that they've never done before. But if, if they don't have the guidance from someone like you, that's an expert in this area, you're not going to feel the benefits um, and yeah and I think as well being able to speak the truth because so often we don't want to say how we're feeling and do you know the statistics are showing that on average people that are working from home that would normally work in a place of work are doing 20% increase of hours than they would if they were at work because people are worried that their boss is going to think they're not working so hard because they're at home. They're also yeah. worried because they're, they feel like they're neglecting their families because they're sat in a room upstairs, but they won't talk to their family and they won't. So yeah. it's about setting boundaries and also about expectations. So the conversation you can have with your boss, what are you expecting of me when I work at home? I doubt, I, I, I'd love to see 10 people that have done that. I bet there's very few yeah. that have actually said to their boss, while I'm working at home, what are you expecting of me? Yeah, And the boss might come back and say, well, I'm expecting you to do the same nine to five and one to two for lunch. But no one's actually talking about it. And so what people are doing is they're going, well, I'm at home. You know, they might think I'm slacking off. And I did take an extra 10 minutes when I was sorting out the toddler earlier. And, you know, I took my partner down, I took him down the doctors and, you know, had 10 minutes out. And instead of thinking, well, I can make that up and do an extra 10 minutes, they do an extra hour because they feel guilty for... And so, yeah, I think in all aspects, especially working from home, and and I've worked from home for, God, nearly a decade. And actually, my private practice was at home. It took up half of my downstairs of my home. Now I have an office upstairs because I can't do one-to-one sessions at the moment for obvious reasons. But I close the doors. When I finished at the end of the day, I tidy my office. I know this probably sounds really anally retentive, but I tidy my office. I wipe all my desks down so it's all clean for the morning. And if there's things I'm working, going to do in the morning, I have it laid out on my desk so I can just come in and get on with it. And no one else is allowed to use my office. And when the doors shut, I get left alone. And it also means that when I shut it behind me, I get left alone. Yeah. So it's there's my boundary. I think, and whether that's a space in a bedroom that you cover with a screen, or you know, like a, the old-fashioned kind of fold-out screens that you used to get, <laughs> or whether when you turn your your tech off, that's your switch off. But I think as well is having a clock. Yeah. Because you and I both know, you can start something. I started recording some meditations for somebody for their. I do meditations for people for their courses. Mm. Um. And I started recording some for somebody and I thought two hours had gone by. And when I looked at the clock, I'd been sat there six hours. Yeah. 
And that's the other thing when you're working from home, the time runs away with you. Well, in the office, you'd have a cup of tea every half an hour or maybe once an hour you'd go off and have a cup of tea and you wouldn't feel guilty about that. But when you're at home, you do. Go and watch 10 minutes of this morning or something and you're feeling (laughs) awful. But actually, your mental health is so important. And I... I qualified years ago as a clinical hypnotherapist. I've got counselling qualifications. I've, I've got all these different qualifications coming out of my ears to do with mental health. And let me tell you, it is the most important thing that we can take care of is our mental health because yeah. it affects everything else. So, yeah, boundaries. And it is that thing of, um, you know, 10 minutes discomfort saying no or setting a boundary is better than six months of resentment for somebody it's okay and your time's worth something it is and I couldn't agree more with everything you're saying because again I mean you've heard my story when I first started at Serenity where I literally I hit burnout and my body said no and that's because I kept it stressed I used I used to brag that all I work well with stress that it's the adrenaline and I keep going but you can't do that nonstop for years, for weeks, for days, weeks, years. You can't. It, and in the end, I mean, like I got, it was little things you notice. I'd get a cold and it would last longer and it would go to a cough. And then, I mean, last year, that's when it really hit me. I had mm. a cough that went to my chest that became pneumonia and I was ill for three months. And I mean, like really ill and steroids and everything. It affected all my diet because steroids, of course, you only have to think yeah. about food and you put on weight. Well, you, eat, you, you basically eat like a teenage boy. Yeah. Don't you? It's just like <laughs> ravenous. Yeah. Because they do, they, 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 steroids make you hungry. So, and with the tablets they'd given me, like the antibiotics, I had to eat whilst I was taking them. And I had to take them four times a day. So I got into the habit of snacking. But the snacks were probably the size of what most people's meals were. Yeah, but do you know it's bigger than that? Because what your brain did, okay, was it matched together a stressful time with eating. So what your brain does, it very quickly picks up habits, okay? It's not very good at working out whether a habit is good or bad for you, all right? It doesn't really care. It just sees the habit as a coping strategy. Yeah. So it's connected a stressful time with the eating made you feel better. And the reason it's connected, the eating made you feel better is because you took them with your antibiotics. So your brain was going, when you put the food in and then you had the tablets going, oh, that's going to help me get better quicker. Even if it wasn't a conscious thought, that's what your brain processed. So then you come out of that and suddenly your brain's connecting food with a feeling of wellness. It's as quick as that. And And so it can change the whole way. But do you know what I remember from when you told me about that was that, am I right in saying that not one of your colleagues contacted you to see if you're all right no no one did I I was texting them because I the contract thing of course you don't work if you don't work you don't get paid and I had to reach out Mm. to my line managers and no they didn't ask but they were more worried about how they will get their laptop back because yeah how would I get it to think and I had to literally organize when I was better and go specifically to London to hand in my laptop because I was going to do it on um, like DHL or something I was going to get it signed for but because it was home office at the time of course you can't have government stuff going missing so I had to physically take time out 
and take it and hand it to someone. Why you're incredibly poorly. Yeah. And this, I remember there's a there's an amazing spiritual teacher called Thich Nhat Hanh, and he's a Buddhist teacher. Um, and he told this story about um, a young man who come to him to learn to meditate. And I'm not quoting this word for word. This is just my remembering of it, where his dad has worked, it was a workaholic, and he literally gave every hour to the company to the point where he didn't see his children grow up. He missed family holidays. He missed sports, you name it, sports days, celebration days, because he was working, because he was providing for his family and he was paying a huge mortgage and he was doing all of that. And his dad, passed away suddenly passed away and this boy went to see Thich Nhat Hanh or Thai people call him and he said to him help me I mean I'm completely anguished because of all those things I missed with my dad and he had huge regret and what had happened was his dad had given his life to the company and not I'm not criticizing the man here it's just a fact that he neglected his family because in his head he was providing them with food and shelter and a nice home and all the rest of it but you know they replaced his dad within three days yeah and they they never even contacted the family to see how they all were after and this is my point yeah no one is taking care of you but you yeah and we have to take care of ourselves because in business I'm sure there's some amazing companies my husband works for a really good company that they're a healthcare company, so they really take care of their staff if there's anything wrong. Yeah. But, I, that, you know, my husband's worked for a few different companies, and trust me, none of them have ever been like this. This is the first one that's ever been this caring. Um, I mean, when he was in, when he was in um, lockdown, he had to work from home. He worked in healthcare, so he carried on working. Mm. Um but they had to literally get permission from the managing director if they were going to go out and see a customer. Yeah. They were banned from doing it. So they weren't made to feel guilty. And he's a salesman, by the way. They weren't made to feel guilty. Yeah. They said, go and do an online course or something in the time that you've got. Go and improve your skills. I mean, how many companies would do that? Yeah. But it's very rare. And so, and it doesn't actually matter, does it, if you're a business person or a single mum or a female entrepreneur or a male entrepreneur, it doesn't matter who you are and what you're doing, you need to make sure you have the boundaries in place to keep yourself well and to keep your physical body, this amazing machine that we get to pop our soul into and experience what life is, we need to keep it well. Yeah. Yeah, people aren't going to do it for you. And this is so true. And that's why all of these retreats will cover business, spirituality Mm. and well-being, because I think it does. It fits all three because you can't have a good flourishing business if you're not looking after your well-being. And I truly believe spirituality just brings everything together. I was Mm. on I was on an interview with America last week. And it was being promoted on LinkedIn. And a few business people came forward and said, they talk about business, they talk about well-being, but they won't add spirituality. And I countered back and I said, well, when you go for an interview, what's this? Do you have a lucky key ring or something you take with you? Like We talk about a lucky outfit or lucky pants or something that you put on. How many people sit there in the morning and meditate or do yoga, but they 
they give it the title well-being because they don't want to call it spirituality and i'd say that it's spirituality and i counterback and the amount of people that actually agreed with me and that's why I'm trying to keep it so it covers everything because your business. Yeah, I think you have to stand firm on that. I think you have to stand firm on it because for so many people, spirituality is really important in their life. I mean, how many people have a a faith, for example? You know, those people understand. And people without, if they're not attached to a particular religion, they would probably still call themselves spiritual that they have a faith even if they can't put a finger on exactly what it is they've got faith in they just know there's more than this yeah and I think that is growing and the understanding of what spirit because spirituality is recognizing that you are not just a physical body that that we have that pyramid of needs where we need things like time outside we need things like connection with other people yeah you know a, a, a beautiful view um, a comfy bed you know it isn't just about getting up it can't be we can't allow life to be about getting up having breakfast going out and earning money coming home eating tea going to bed yeah. that can't just be what it's about otherwise where's your drive coming from because you might as well just go and work on a production line somewhere yeah you know that drive within us that that energy within us that makes us well you always talk about finding your why yeah what is it that makes us search for that why it's that spirit within us it's that yeah. that uniqueness of our personality our connection and and who we are in reality that's that's what makes us us that's what makes us yeah. unique otherwise we'd all be little drones walking around thinking and saying the same things spirituality is about your individuality and your connection to everything yeah and if there's one thing i think covid taught us all is that we're all connected. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, one woman sneezed in China and the next thing we know, we're all locked down in our houses. You know, human yeah. bodies have a way of connecting. Yes. So, you know, and but I think separating wellness and spirituality is fine. And I don't think you have to believe in I don't think you have to believe in God or the divine or goddess or whatever it is in order to be spiritual. I think the spiritual is about recognizing that you're more than just this physical vehicle yeah and like i said we're recognizing the connection to all things i mean science has proved it now through various different ways quantum physics you know we we know that we're all connected we we are it's as simple as that yeah so why not honor that and recognize that and this is again see everything you're saying is just confirming why I've I've labelled the retreats the way I have because it is it's mm. something that we could all learn. And you know, when I talk about connecting with my solar line client, that's me. I've got the business head on, but I've also got my spiritual side that I want to know. I know the mm. best people I will work with that I will connect with mm. are soul aligned because you know that you're going to get the best results with that. And and you're recognizing you're recognizing that spirit within them. you're recognizing you're honoring it when we say namaste that means my soul honors your soul that's what namaste means in this country in the western world we say hello and goodbye if you went to the far east they say namaste especially places like thailand bali people are recognizing the soul within each other and and you know i listen i heard a statistic this morning on the tv um and they were saying that the biggest group 
of people and I'm not trying to be negative here I'm just bringing this in um the biggest group that commit suicide are men between the ages of 40 and 45 I mean have you ever heard anything more tragic in all your life and that that is now extending to at the over 50s because yeah. people aren't seeing a future they're they're worried about the future they're not seeing things going well they're worried for their homes they're worried for their their livelihood they're worried for their family um and the reason that I bring that up is because who's holding you who who's holding space for you who's holding you who's giving you support who's telling you it's going to be all right because for a lot of people they haven't got anyone doing that and the truth is no one is going to do it for you you have to do it for you and actually life is an amazingly beautiful thing and if we can preserve life and if we can give people an insight into how they can help themselves and how they can dig themselves out of whatever situation they're in yeah there's a community that's going to grow out of Pearls of Wisdom Retreats. There is a community of like-minded people that will attend. There's a community of amazing experts. And, and do you know the definition of an expert? is someone who's done more than a thousand hours of training in that or experience in that subject. So everyone that's presenting on this retreat is an expert. I've no doubt about that. And that means that they've probably hit all of the all of the issues you've you're hitting in your life, within your business, within your personal life, within your wellness. There will be someone teaching on this retreat that will get you. They will know who you are. They will see you. Yeah. They will know where you are and you can reach out to them and you can listen to their words. And it might just be one thing that they say that could give you a new lease of life or it could give you a new path to follow or a new idea to consider. And this is what I think is great about it is you don't have to travel around the world. I've been on retreats all over the world. It's taken me thousands of hours to travel (laughs) and get back and lots and lots of money. We're not asking people to do that. We're just asking them to engage and to participate and be present and come and try out some of the ideas, come and listen to what people are saying. Yeah, You know, there is a thing about, and the, again, you're, this is inspired from what you were saying about people saying, well, I don't want spirituality. Well, that's fine. That's cool. You carry on your own way. But again, there's a the thing I find fascinating about empathy and about compassion. And I heard Brene Brown, who's one of my heroes, talking about this. And it, again, it was one of those things that changed me from the minute I heard it was the definition between sympathy empathy and compassion sympathy is where we sit back and we say oh I'm really sorry for you but I'm bloody glad I'm not going through that right that's sympathy when we go oh thank god thank god my child's safe or thank god my home's okay I feel sorry for you um which isn't by the way the most healthy way to approach um (laughs) supporting somebody um because you're coming out from fear all right empathy I believe and Brene Brown teaches it, is you can teach empathy. Empathy is where you can actually really feel what the person's going through. I'm not talking about empaths. That's something completely different. Empathy as a tool, and it is a tool of compassion. Empathy is when we can really see things from the other person's point of view. But we're not necessarily putting ourselves there. But I can go, oh my God, 
you know, if that was me, I'd be feeling exactly the same. How many times have you said to a friend, oh my God, I totally know how you feel because such and such happened to me. That's empathy. Compassion though, which is what I think we should all be aiming for, is when I recognize the darkness within myself, I acknowledge it and I show it, I show up with it in order to understand where you're coming from and then we can sit in the dark together and what I mean by that is there's so much love and light that goes on within the spiritual world but the the tide is changing and people are now more willing to share their darkness and and when you came on my show last Friday and you talked about your story I'm sure you've shocked quite a few people with the darkness that you'd faced in your life because you're such a positive person yeah actually the minute you shared that story and we realize and again I'm quoting Brene Brown here because she says about people being candy striped so with light and dark you know we're made up of light and dark so the bit of you that might have fibbed because you didn't want to go down the pub with a friend and you said you weren't feeling well when you're absolutely fine but you didn't want to upset them by saying no the bit of you that might have taken a quid out your mum's purse when you were a quid kid without asking or the part of us that might have had a sneaky cigarette when our dad's forbidden us from smoking you know all those bits and worse you know where we've been cruel or we might have bullied somebody or we might have actually actively hurt someone um it doesn't mean we have to write ourselves off as a person if you can be honest with yourself about the dark bits yeah as well as the light bits then you can have compassion for others because I could sit with you. So if you said to me, oh, when I was a kid, you know, I did tell a few lies about things, I could go, yeah, me too. And instantly you feel okay about the dark bit and that makes you feel okay about you. So I think spirituality comes down to not only having a faith in something, but also being compassionate. And so I'll give you an example here. On Friday night, Jason and my daughter, Jason, my husband and my daughter, we went for a meal in Taunton and we parked in the local supermarket and we walked over. And as we were coming past the supermarket, you could see two people from Morrison's chasing a man with a basket full of stuff. And he'd obviously legged it out of the supermarket. And they were swearing because they couldn't catch him. He legged it over the bridge and he was gone. All right. My first response was, Blimey, I dread to think what situation he's in if he's gone to those lengths of legging it out of a supermarket with food. Yeah. Jason and Charlotte looked at me and Charlotte went, Yeah, you're right. I said, Do you think how low you've got to go mm. in order to do that? Jason piped up, we was probably getting it so he could sell stuff, you know, to get money for other stuff, other things, maybe drugs or booze or whatever. And I said, You don't know that. You don't, you, he wasn't being unkind, but you're saying what most people would probably think. And I said, you don't know that. I said, all I know is that I'd have to go really low in order to have to do that. Yeah. And there was a time in my life when I, I ran away from home for a while and I was sleeping on a beach for a few weeks. Once I'd pissed off every single friend that I had that had been kind enough to let me stay there. I was only 16, by the way, um, nearly 17. Um, I ended up not having anywhere to live or sleep. And I did. I did. I, I stole a couple of chocolate bars one day where I was literally starving. I had no money. Yeah. Um, I didn't get caught. But, do you know, the weird thing was when I when I had money, when I got a little job for myself at a school washing up, 
when I had money, I went back and paid the shopkeeper and apologised and told them what I'd done. And they were really, really sweet, funny enough. It was, an, it was an older couple and they were lovely about it. But anyway, that's an aside. But the point is, that bit of me that was so desperate to nick that chocolate saw the bit in him that was so desperate to nick, to nick stuff. Yeah. Whatever his reasons, whether it's yeah. drugs, addiction, or whether it was just to feed his family. And we don't know, let's be yeah. honest. But I looked at it with compassion. And I think that's something that the world is missing or, or not missing, but it's the world needs more of it. Yeah. But first we have to start with compassion for ourselves. Yeah. Because how often do you go to yourself? Oh, you bloody idiot when you've made a mistake or, oh God, why did I do that? And that, I tell you the classic is the three o'clock in the morning shift, right? <laughs> which you know, most people know, especially menopausal women. Um, or anyone stressed out, we wake up between three and four o'clock because the brain has processed as much as it can during REM sleep and it can't cope with any more, especially if you're stressed out and it wakes you up to have a break. That's the truth. Um, and you punish yourself and you start thinking about stuff you've done 20 years ago. Like you thought that was way gone, but no, it's sat in the cupboard and your brain goes, do you remember when you lit that person down in 1988 or something? And you're thinking, why are you punishing me that with that now? You know, we question ourselves. Actually, what we should do is be compassionate. Yeah. What we should do is be loving and kind. And it, and to me, that's spirituality as yeah. well, is living with compassion. Think the best of people. What if that bloke that nicked that basket of stuff was doing his best? Yeah. What if that's his best? Yeah. <laughs> what can yeah. anyone do? And And the other side of that, of what if they're doing their best about boundaries... And I'm being told to talk about this by my guide, so it's obviously important. Is when you look at people, I'll get you to do it now with me. So anyone that's listening and you, Pearl, right. I want you to think of somebody who really pushes your buttons, who really irritates you, makes you cross that you can't stand. It doesn't have to just be friends or family, it can be someone in the news or something, but that the closer they are, the better it is. So just get that person in mind. So have you got that person in mind? Yep. Yep. And now think to yourself, what if they're doing the best they can? Where does that leave you? You see, this this is weird because, yes, it stops all my anger and everything that I'd be turned into them. It just stops because it takes away all those feelings or it dilutes those feelings so you're not feeling... And I'm going to surprise you now by what I'm going to say next, because, yes, that is what it should do, um, is that you then have to look at your boundaries and think, if that is their best, can I have them in my life or not? Because there's people that I've had to shut out of my life and their family members that I choose not to have anything to do with anymore. And it's not because they're bad people, and I'm sure they're doing their best, but their best is too much for me. So I have that boundary and I don't have anything to do with them. And so you can use that exercise when you look at people that push your buttons, that upset you, that trigger you, that treat you like crap. If that, if they're doing their best and you truly believe that they're doing their best, then you can decide on what boundaries you need. Yeah. Because if, if you, if you think they're doing their best and their best is way below what you need from them, why are they in your life? Why are you allowing them the freedoms and the space in your life? Where can you erect some boundaries 
that will and then and then when you do decide to come away from a friend or a family member or someone who's doing that could be a colleague you won't feel guilty for it because you've acknowledged they're doing their best and to be frank their best isn't good enough for you yeah that's compassion that's compassion you're not going he's a bloody idiot I'm not having anything to do with him you're going he's doing his best he can right now and unfortunately I can't be around that and that that helps you to look at boundaries because I can say I know I'm terrible with boundaries at times that's partly why I get to burn out because I give I give I give and it's like people they don't like to say no like you say when you first explaining things and it is it's almost knowing those coping mechanisms how we say no that Mm. we actually feel better with ourselves otherwise it's the saying no that wakes us up at three o'clock in the morning and goes round and round in our head why did we yes and I take you back to that that thing that I said about 10 minutes of discomfort when you say no release your six months of resentment because don't do things all right or try not to do things and feel resentful for it why are you doing it you're not serving you and you're not serving them you're not going to give your best if you're feeling resentful about being there you're not going to offer the best of yourself you won't be doing your best if you are there and resenting every minute for it but you will be doing your best if you say to them do you know what I'm really bogged down that day I'd love to do that with you but I really can't that day um, or ever, if that's the boundary. So, so that's not something that I would ever enjoy. No. And you stand by it. And it might feel uncomfortable. And do you know what? Again, it's, it's, you know, it's spoken about a lot. But when you set a boundary and someone reacts with anger, frustration um, towards you, then know this for sure, what I'm about to say. Know this for 100% sure. That is when your respect for yourself starts and their respect for you ends because yeah. if they don't respect that boundary and that no, and they keep pushing, then they are not respecting you. And then you have to think, are they doing their best? Mm-hmm. If that's their best, then I'm not going to have connection with them anymore. I had this woman who she was badgering me for a reading for a while. I did a couple of tarot readings for her for guidance, intuitive guidance for her. And she was with a partner who was very controlling, coercive control. And I done, I couldn't have done any more to help her guide her and support her and give her advice and put her in connection with different agencies and things to help her. But she would, she never did anything. She wasn't brave enough. It wasn't the right time for her. And she was doing her best, honestly. Mm. But I didn't want to take any more money off of her for readings because mm. we just set, she was just told the same thing every time. And she, she was, paralyzed to do anything at that point in her life and so I refused to do her readings because I didn't feel comfortable taking money off of her when she was vulnerable and do you see what I mean yeah and she got extremely angry I had really really awful emails and messages and I'm sure she spoke about me to people in an unkind way or whatever but that was my boundary and I had to stand by it but it was evident from her response that she had no respect for me and and what I was doing none yeah none and I but I and I and I stood by it and I have to this day and it was probably about five years ago yeah and I and I and I, I remember how hard it was but I, I couldn't help this person anymore and I was refusing to take any money off of her for something which wasn't helping her mm. and so yeah and each time you do that it gets easier 
because you've done it once and <laughs> so why say You'd that hope, wouldn't you <laughs> yeah it depends i mean or i'm i'm i've always believed that if you have the same thing recurring it's because you didn't learn the first time so it's said yeah. in a different way but so you could go through it and understand it until you and understand it. it yeah right totally and there's two two ways that we can look at this one is with the spiral because um i'm taught because i was trained as a priestess a healing priestess in glastonbury okay and you'll talk about the spiral spiral is how energy tends to move through the land so when you look at healing it is a spiral because you hit stuff you think you've got rid of it and then you hit it at a deeper level when you have another experience with it and another level and another level and it might be four or five attempts in order to clear that energy from your system or in, a, in, in, in order to learn that lesson. But I remember someone saying to me, whatever you don't change, you're choosing. Yeah. And then it said, and then the person said, read that again. When you, you're not changing, you're choosing. Wow. You're taking responsibility for yeah. what you've created in your life because if you aren't going to change anything then you are choosing it yeah so don't waste time regretting it and giving yourself a hard time you've chosen it take responsibility and decide why you've chosen it yeah and this is where you grow in so many ways and i talk about it on my radio show about where you do the work on yourself you move forward doesn't mean you've ever got to that that end goal because by doing that bit of work you've changed and then you're at a different level and you need to do more work so you can constantly go higher and higher totally Um, yeah 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 it's totally true you we don't i don't think we'll ever hit the point where there's no work but what you can do is get to the point where you have peace about the fact that you haven't finished the work yeah and it's better than being in a place where you're worried that you've not finished the work. I mean, there's an acceptance and a responsibility for your own well-being. Yeah. And the 360 degree approach that you're doing with the retreat, where we're covering every aspect, what that does is it gives us an opportunity to literally look at everything. But that might be too much for some people. So they might decide they're going to come and just work on one aspect of themselves. I know you're making it available for 30 days after. So they might want to deal with one thing on the when it's live and they might want to come back to it in the month after and deal with another couple of things. But it's about having the tools in your toolkit, I call it, yeah. of how to deal with things and how to approach things and how to treat yourself because your body is listening to every single thing that you say. Yeah. And so when that comes to the chakras, you know, I read a book not very long ago called Truth Heals. And it's a really good book. And it is about being honest with yourself and telling yourself the truth about situations. And like I said, the brain isn't very good at um, deciding whether something is good for you or not. Because like with me, my nan always said to me, if I fell over, have a custard cream, it'll make it feel better. So I grew up thinking that sweet stuff made me feel better. No, it doesn't make me feel better. (laughs) It's the opposite. So it's knowing that your brain can give you a certain amount of information. And of course, your brain's amazing, but it, it, it does listen to the input. It listens to what you're telling it. Yeah. And I know you, you use affirmations. Um, I, I call them something different. Um, so I, I call them, I, I, I find them, um, it's when you contradict yourself. 
So when your brain's telling you you're crap, you're crap, you're crap, you go, I'm not crap. Look at everything I've achieved. It's a contra contra statement, I suppose. Yeah. Same as affirmations. Um, is telling yourself the good stuff, but you have to believe it. And what happens with the chakras is as energy is moving through the body and, and as your body's processing every bit of energy you come across, because, you know, even the most skeptical person, you can't deny that we are made up of atoms and we're 99.9 recurring space, empty space. We're not solid matter at all. We are, our perception is of a solid but we're made of atoms that are empty <laughs> and it's a big subject but you know we are space we are atoms interacting with every other atom that exists yeah. and einstein said if we weren't looking at it it didn't exist so what we give our focus to is what exists in our world then every word you use every thought you have and every feeling you have is feeding input into your body about its environment and how you are so if you're constantly saying to yourself, things are awful, things are terrible, things are never going to get better, your body believes you, your brain believes you, okay? Yeah. And it starts to prove it to you. Your anterior cingulate, which is part of your limbic system, will offer you tools and opportunities to prove what you're saying is real. That's why people will sometimes say, I knew that was going to happen. I yeah. said that was going to happen, didn't I? Mm. <laughs> You've, we've all done it, haven't we? Yeah. We've almost predicted our own fate. I knew I was going to spill that drink. The minute I picked that drink up, I knew I was going to spill it. It's because you told your brain you were going to spill it. So your brain tried to make the right environment for you to spill it because you told it you were going to spill it. Yeah. And this is where, just, yeah. And this is where when you were saying you catch it, you flip it and you change it. I mean, this is something that you and I have both talked about. And yeah. It's, it's learning, seeing those things, catching them and then yeah. flipping them to a positive. So if they're on yeah. a negative, you turn it around so you get used to saying that. And again, look, yep, law of attraction, like we said, like attracts like. And if you're mm. saying these things, and when you say, oh, see, I told you that was going to happen, why do we never say that when it's something positive? I told you that was mm. going to happen. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's like people don't look at that, and that's the way that you can move forward and raise the vibration. And I, and I do do that and I'm sure you do where I go we're going to have an amazing day I just know we are yeah um the roads are going to be clear I'm I know the roads are going to be clear we're going to have a really good journey I do that a lot but yeah. do you know what I do find though and I found this lately is that flipping things can be a little bit exhausting I, I realize that and I and just lately like I said I'm going through the menopause so I'm not talking about stuff that I don't do here I've had mood swings where I felt, you know, really despondent, really fed up or suddenly got a rage from nowhere. Um, and I have to really work hard at flipping it. It's been exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give in to the thoughts, but it can be exhausting. But at the end of the day, you have to remember that nothing stays the same for very long. So even when it's hard and exhausting, keep flipping it because at some point your mood will lift, the rage will drop that feeling of you know no hope will go and you'll be back into a place and that's because you're flipping it and you tell your brain enough times a thought is a thing all right a thought is a physical thing yeah it's abstract in your mind but it's a thing to your body so the more you tell yourself i can do this the quicker your brain goes oh okay we can do this let's look for a yeah. tool and opportunity to make that real yeah and with the spirit and with the chakras 
like I was saying about the the um, stress bucket that all the negative thoughts go in, they go in the stress bucket. When the body's processing that through whatever you do, whether it's exercise, meditation, it's actually being filtered through the chakras. Yeah. And what can happen with the energy system, and it runs right down the centre of the body, if you think of it, like I said, as ceiling fans or water wheels, that sometimes if you already have a weakness in an area, so let's just say the throat, throat is about our will it's about our personal sense of will and our communication obviously and also our guides and our intuition speaks to us through our throat okay it's why sometimes when people are starting to develop talking to guides and with mediumship they get sore throats or they get a cough or they'll be talking about the spirit and they'll start having a cough it's because this is clearing and a lot of people have trouble with speaking their truth You know, people that have grown up with maybe an alcoholic or someone who's grown up with a difficult parent or someone who's had a a partner who closes them down. They haven't been able to speak their truth, either through confidence or control or whatever it is. The minute you start clearing that and allow people to to speak their truth and you're giving them a stronger will because that is clear, that's going to affect every other energy system in the body. Because if you're suddenly speaking your truth, guess what? Your heart starts to clear and your solar plexus where our self-respect sits starts to clear. So actually you can't clear one without clearing the others and it is a water wheel. So as you clear one and the throat starts to turn quicker, then the other chakras are getting more energy, which means they can start to clear themselves and they can start to work more effectively. And if you, for example, get your base chakra working properly and clear, then you are going to feel more secure. You will have less money worries. You will stand stronger. You will be firm in your beliefs and ideas. Do you see? So it's worth clearing all of those chakras. It's one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself. And once you've done the major work and you've given it a really thorough clear, then a simple chakra balancing once a week will keep you in tip top condition. Yeah. And then as you grow that connection, you'll know. So, for example, going back to the throat. So you've cleared your throat. You started speaking your truth. You're communicating better. You found your sense of will is stronger to get things done. All of a sudden, you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, I can't have that conversation with Joe today. I can't have That's too difficult today. I can't do it. The first thing I'd be doing is clearing my throat because something's happened that is making you feel you can't speak your truth again. Yeah, And it just gives you that extra amazing tool because if your body and your chakras are clear or as clear as they can be at that time, then you've got more of a chance of having a balanced energy and a balanced approach. Yeah. Yeah. Really important. Yeah. And of course, if your chakras are clear, less fight or flight, more intuition, you're, you're in tune, you're in flow, if you like. Yeah. And literally, because a lot of people talk about being in flow, and I don't know that I really understand many of them, but my idea of being in flow is when that energy comes in from the universe, that life force energy comes in and it has free flow through the body. It means that your body is able to have that life force running smoothly and clearly. And without that, we do manifest issues with our mental health or our physical health or our you know that's what yoga is trying to achieve it's what reflexology kinesiology acupuncture acupressure I could give you 
have thousands of different modalities that work with the chakra system to keep the chi, the life force energy, smoothly running. And I want to give that tool to people so that they can understand it. Yeah. We'll do a deep clearing. So house house cleaning, you know, a deep clean. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, show you techniques for keeping that running clearly. And it is things like the compassion, all right? So when someone pushes your buttons or triggers you, rather than letting it go into your body, I want to show you ways to build a boundary and deflect it. Yeah. So that you don't take it on board. It's, you know, so often, what was it that happened recently? Something's just popped into my head and then popped back out. It's about people making things your responsibility that when they're not. Yeah. Yeah. That's not my responsibility and it's not my problem. Yeah. No, I don't accept it. And people go, oh my God, you mean I've got to take responsibility for that? Well, yeah, that is your thing. It's nothing to do with me. I mean, how often do we take stuff on and then go, oh Christ, why on earth did I say I'd help with that? Yeah. It might have actually been that person's lesson to struggle with that and have the time to try and work it out. But equally, of course, it could be your lesson to learn a boundary, you know, so (laughs) it works both ways. But that's what I think will be a really powerful tool for people is being able to take control of their energy yeah. so that they can, they can be compassionate. I mean, if you're full up with everyone else's crap and you're full up with your own crap and your chakras aren't moving very fast because your life force has slowed down and, you know, depression means to depress everything, to push everything down. Yeah. And, you know, that, you know, with the chakras, if you're depressing all the energy and you're pushing it all down, there can't be a flow. So things get stagnant and that's when things like trauma can sit in the body. And I mean, it's a massive subject, but I mean, you can tell I've been a healer for many, many years um, and I teach healing. So, you know, you're working with Reiki and Sekem, you're working with the energy system. And I'm, I'm registered with the National Complementary Healthcare Council and the Professional Standards Council. So I, I, I aim to always work at a really high level. So this yeah. is something that I truly, truly believe in. You know, I don't come in and teach about the chakras from a place of I've read a book. I've done many more than a thousand hours of learning um, in this. And trust me, if you can get a grip on it, you will be able to live a healthier, more sustained life. You'll be able to cope with things. And do you know what? You'll start making choices which are about your happiness rather than your need. Yeah. And, and it hits so many different areas. As you're saying that, I've always said when I go into companies and I work with them, but if I, if you're looking to raise the vibration of a company to actually build engagement, you need to build in those different areas. And a happy company has little to no sickness. If you go into a company and there's lots of sickness, one, it's not going to be, a, yeah, yeah. And it, I, the t- the times I've had conversations with HR when I'm looking at that to do the social media piece, that what is it that they're giving out? What is every employee that works for you sharing? If they're ill, everyone in and they're going home and saying, oh, I'm so stressed, I can't keep up. I'm signed off work because I'm ill. That message is then sent out and you wonder why when you do want to recruit new people, you can't because the message and the, the impetus that's being put out there is mm. one of negativity. So it fits in yeah. so many different ways. And that's when I go back to say where business, spirituality and well-being all fit together and they yeah. all 
they, they they are it's almost like a jigsaw one does you can't complete it if you haven't got that totally connection agree. to all three totally agree and it's about taking responsibility for that because you because even if you work in the worst company ever and you feel really stressed you have freedom and choice yeah i'm not saying it's easy but yeah. i was in a job where i was being bullied i i love my job and i loved the children that i worked with but the people i worked with were hideous yeah um there was only one person that i've kept in contact with so that shows you how hideous it was and i was bullied and all the rest of it and i wasn't a very nice person when i worked there either it made me defensive and angry and frustrated yeah and um i had a choice and there was a few times where i was crying as i was going to work and things like that i'm sure many people that are listening have been there yeah and i had a choice to change it or not and I got to a point where I just couldn't take it anymore. I think it was the third or fourth time of crying on the way to work. I just thought, what on earth are you doing, woman? Yeah. And it did take me about six months to get out of there because I had to go and retrain. I went and retrained in healing and a few other holistic therapies, massage and whatnot. And I started my business from home and I gave myself the option. And I said to myself, right, when I'm earning the same as I'm earning at the school, mm. then I'll leave. Yeah. Um, and I leave I did and it was yeah. absolutely amazing but I had to make the choice and we all have freedom and choice to create a different way of being we don't have to be in this in a situation that is horrible we don't have to be in a situation that is making us cry going to work or you know this is what if you talk I'm sure if you talk to lots of people that have started their own business it's because they want the freedom and choice to live a different life than the one they've been living as an employee yeah but a lot of people don't want to work for themselves they they enjoy being paid every month and not having all the stress and worry of that and they enjoy their job but within that when someone else is in control of your destiny and that could be your customers or your manager in, in both scenarios you have to be at peace with how you're coping with it and if you don't like it change it or leave yeah. You don't have to put up with that horribleness. You, you you have a choice. It's just being strong enough to see it. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the retreat is about that, isn't it? It's about getting to know who you are now and looking at all the different ways that you can approach how you want your future to be. It is. And actually, like you said, it's knowing those coping mechanisms, seeing where mm. you are catching where you are and seeing where you want to move forward and staying in that positive vein Mm. and like I've said on a lot of these of these podcasts where in the media it's all doom and gloom and because one of these I recorded on the day that they mentioned the r word and I'm thinking well no one wants to hear recession but if it's told again and again but businesses do well in recession yes some do go down but mm. if you haven't got those coping mechanisms in place mm. it's going to hit you whereas if you if you're moving forward staying positive learning and growing and putting the effort and time into yourself you're going to completely get, agree yeah, you're going to have the ideas you will be able to pivot where you pivot the learning and work on yourself you could do the same with your business and mm. then you can make it look move forward which is why I thought, yes, just put positivity when it comes to post-lockdown. Yeah. And instead, most of the people I know now, 
I don't look at the news. Yes, when, I, when I'm doing a comms consulting, you live with the news because that's what you're reporting on. That's the message you have to learn. So you eat, sleep, breathe news. And it's no wonder you hit burnout because you've got all that negative stuff that your body's taking mm. all the time. Mm. Whereas you stop watching that, you're not impacted on it and you make your own opinion because of what's around you. And if, exactly. you're, work, if you're working with good, all you see is good. The only results you can get are good. And it's... The, 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 yeah, it's complete. And the, and the other thing is, is that what you... is what I'm saying at the top of this um, interview is that what you surround yourself with yeah. is what your body will become. So we all have our spark team. I call it the spark team when I'm mentoring people. So the top five people you spend the most time with will reflect who you are at any one moment. And you will find that those five people that you spend the most time with and have the interaction with, if you have a look at them, they are showing you where you are at any time because the law of attraction says, you you know, like attracts like. So, you know, if there are people that are around you, and this is something else I'm going to talk about on the retreat. If you have people around you that trigger you, make you feel bad, you need to look at why you're in those relationships because there'll be a benefit, otherwise you would have got rid of them. The other thing is, is about coming away from the news. Because when you read the news, <laughs> I mean, you'd think the world was, well, there'd be no hope. When yeah. you read the news, listen to the news, you'd think there was no hope. I don't know why that's the news agenda. I don't buy into all these conspiracy theories that reptiles are trying to take over the <laughs> earth. Um, I just think it's a pattern we've gotten into and that, you know, bad news is good news. You know, there's plenty of bad things if you go looking for it. But equally, if you flip that and you look for some positive things, yeah, there's so many positive things happening in the world. Yeah, And I have friends, I'll give you an example of what I mean, is I have friends which are amazing eco-warriors that recycle everything. They, are, they make their imprint on the earth as small as possible. They're vegetarian or vegan. Amazing people that put a huge effort into protecting the planet. But a lot of them, excuse me, are beleaguered with the state of the world. They're scared for the earth. They're scared for pollution. They're scared for animals. They're scared for our future. When you watch these these walks and talks about the environment with different people, you know, it's all doom and gloom. But actually, I've been campaigning for animal rights since I was a teenager when I first saw a dancing bear on a holiday to Istanbul. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been giving money to Whisper all that time. And I've done campaigns to stop circuses um, using live animals and all sorts, you know, contacted MPs and done all the campaigning and everything. Um, I can look and find some positive stories. Yeah. You know, so someone might focus on Japan or killing whales again this year. But actually, there was another story saying that there's been a fourfold increase in blue whales. Yeah. So it just depends where you want to look. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be, and that's what I said to you about the candy stripe, the light and dark. There's always going to be light and dark. Mm. And you can choose which you're going to immerse yourself in. Do you want to lose hope? Do you want, and this isn't about being in denial, by the way, because I often get accused by people if I'm in denial and I'm in my bubble and I'm, no, it's not that. I know that shitty things are happening, but knowing it is not changing it. What can I do? What's a positive action I can take in order to make a change with that? And it might be something small, yeah. like giving 
giving Christmas parcels, which is something we've done, to a local um, foster home. Um, You know, what are the little things you can do? Buddha said, be the change. So instead of getting bogged down by all of the news and all of the negativity, which, by the way, you know, it's that thing, you look at a photo, Mm. they show you that image, but when you stretch the photo out, it's a completely different scenario, right? Look at it with a rational mind. But if, if the news is triggering you and it's making you feel down, stop looking at it. You don't need to look at it. There is a newspaper called The Positive Times. It's brilliant. And it does talk about challenges in the earth, but it focuses on what people are doing about it. Yeah. You know, so be discerning. What are you surrounding yourself with? What's your environment? And this is where when you say the dark and light, some of that dark you need to understand because you need to dial it up when you need to do certain works. When you look at a personality trait, Yes, you might have a dominant trait that you use, but you need all those other areas to work with you to actually get the results that you need. And again, as we say, all the exhibitors are teaching you or giving you insight into all of these different areas. And like you said, you can compartmentalise that and say, right, I'm not there in my journey, but I've seen this person. I'm going to maybe stay in contact with them because I'd like to learn in the future. But currently... I'm here and these are the exhibitors that I connect with that I need to work with now and to learn and grow. And every single one of the people that are on the taking part in the retreat have a fantastic story to tell. They have an example that so like we said, that soul aligned person so you can actually connect energetically and see. And the fact that people are listening to this, the fact that they are drawn to the retreat is because there's a message there for them to learn and grow. And then they're there to connect with us because all of us, like you said, it's it's almost like a movement, but I don't want to call it that, but it's like-minded people. It is though. It is a movement. And I think as well, you know, again, just using a a brief example, you can either look at we're going into recession or you can look at it, we've got the lowest interest rates we've ever had in history. You know, yeah. which, which one are you going to focus on and what Pearls of Wisdom is doing, what the retreat is doing, is getting you to look at the fact we've got the lowest interest rates. How yeah. can you change things? How can you grow? How can you adapt? How can you take responsibility? And it's almost like having this team of, you know, well, angels behind you, like all holding you and saying, well, I did it this way, you could choose that. I did it that way, you could choose that. Or you could choose all the different ways and apply all of the wisdoms. But it's that thing of... Um, I'm not going to put you on my back and carry you down the road, but I will hold your hand and I'll light the torch and we'll get down the road together. And that's what yeah. I feel it's about. Yeah. It's about supporting each other and recognising that it is difficult at the moment, yeah. but it doesn't have to be doom and gloom. It doesn't have to be hopeless. Nothing's hopeless. While you've got breath, there is hope. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Exactly. While I'm still breathing, I can make a difference. And the way I, I yeah, and the way I see it as well, the people that attend as the audience on this retreat in three months' time, they could be an exhibitor because they've learned and they go on that journey and then they share. Yeah. Because, like you said about being an expert, an expert just knows that bit more than someone else does. And you just a bit further down the road, exactly, exactly. And you're always going to have those people that 
are need to learn from you and then that's why I was saying like we always have different coaches to work with because we're at different yeah. stages and we grow out of them yeah and it, yeah. do you know should I tell you that like, same with spirit guides so people imagine that when we have a spirit guide we stay with them forever there is one guide that will be with you forever you normally have one guide that is your life guide and they're there to make sure you complete all your contracts from before you incarnated but all the other guides are teachers essentially so some will come in some will go some will say I've had four different mediumship um, guides because as I've grown and learned I've needed a different teacher and that happens in the real world as well you know one coach is there to help you maybe get your physical fitness really good then you'll move on to another another um coach who's going to help you get your business up and running then you'll need another coach that's going to help you get your home life or coach or therapist or whoever it is yeah and it you know this is giving you the option that you can dip in and out of all these different practitioners and really have an opportunity to find someone who works for you or to find a way of being that works for you or an approach that works for you yeah and the other thing is about being experts is um when you when you do reiki so i i'm a reiki master they call it which means that i've trained to the level where i can then attune other people and the idea is that i'm at a point where i've learned as much as i possibly can in the time that i've had but actually that's not how they view it in reiki training um in japan when you get the title master it means ready to learn because it's not until you get to be that expert that you really start to learn so the practitioners that are on the retreat they're learning along with you they're still going to have their challenges they're still going to have their triggers they're still going to have their moments of doubt or you know lack of self-belief or fears or phobias or whatever it is but the difference is they've got the toolbox to get through it and one thing that I've learned big time is I can't do it on my own I need my friends I need my support network I need my coaches or someone like you you know a a good friend that knows stuff about business and can just say to you actually if you press that button and get that app it sorts it for you and you think oh my god I never would have known that in my life you know yeah and that's what this this is giving you this retreat is access to all of that knowledge and experience yeah that's what it's giving you is an open door to it whereas I've had to work and network and and you know work my ass off in order to make the connections that I have and earn the respect that I've got and I wouldn't be able to be in contact with you if we hadn't met through the radio station we might not have ever found each other and I can say that about quite a few people I've met through my business that I wouldn't have come into contact with people that come on the retreat they haven't got to do that legwork they can connect with those people just by virtue of attending the retreat and participating yeah and I think it is going to be a thing that you get out what you put in because I'm going to attend some sessions as well I want to look at other people's work I can't wait yeah never finish learning do you no no and I think that's one of that's a love that I have as well is to actually learn and grow and like we said, when we do the work on ourselves and then we have to, we still, we're always doing work on ourselves because we're always mm. growing. And if you yeah. think you've reached where you need to be, I would question that and say you need to do you more do. work. <laughs> yeah, 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 completely. We're, we, we're meant to learn and you might revisit something that you think you already knew and then you learn it at a deeper level and there's bits that you didn't know it's the first time round. So 
the retreat is going to be for anyone, whatever stage they're at, isn't it? It doesn't matter if they're new to business, new to spirituality, new to wellness, or whether they've been a practitioner for years. There's going to be something there for you. Yeah. That's going to benefit you and going to give you something. And the fact that it's going to run every three months also means you're going to be at a different stage in your growth on those three months. So different people will resonate with you. And you'll learn a different level. Like you said, the fact that when we connected, we were both at that level that we needed to meet each other. I firmly believe we'd have met no matter what, but serenity was the catalyst because we were both at that level at that time. And that's what we do. When the listeners, the people, the the audience that are listening to the podcast, there are going to be so many aha moments to this discussion I've had them just listening to you and seeing where where I am and what I can put to that. And that's where that's what I want everyone to have the chance to do and actually grow. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you've heard me say, I've put this retreat together because it's me being of service to everyone else to bring everyone Mm -hmm. together and give everyone the chance to learn and grow wherever they are in their journey and to where it will help them. And, you know, it's taking that responsibility for yourself and giving yourself that time, giving yourself those couple of days, you know, gift that to yourself. Don't go and buy, you know, a new bag or a new top. Spend your 50 quid and come and join the team for two days and it could literally transform your life. Yeah. I really believe that. Really do. Totally, totally. I mean, it's just wonderful. Everything you share, Joe, is I can resonate with all of it. And I just hope that the people listening, it will resonate with them. Or is when they listen to it again, they might be coming to this when we're running the retreat in December. You don't know when they listen and when it resonates. Mm. But you've got the chance of joining this movement at the very beginning and seeing. And just think, if you don't do it now, and then you see the adverts for December, you are going to kick yourself because if you've done it now, three months down the line, think yeah, where you could have been be. ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, we, we're offering it. We're coming together as a community and we want you as part of our community. Come and join us. Come and be part of something positive at this time of uncertainty. Come and, come and learn some tools. Come and fill your toolbox up. And also come and chill out and get away from everything. (laughs) Yeah. Because it would be an opportunity to literally, you know, just get away from the world for a couple of days. Yeah. And it is. And it's soak up that positivity so you can actually see see the world in a different light, in a nice positive Mm. light. And know that that's rubbed off on you and just see if that see just by by following some of the things you learn. See what difference it makes in your life as well. So true. Bless you. I'm excited for it. I must admit what I am, well, you know, I I wouldn't have set it up if I didn't have a passion about it. And every time I talk to people and to see, and it all grows and different ideas come in, and I think, yes, this is a way forward to help so many people to stay in positivity. And And I'll tell you something I done yesterday. I'll show you. Not yesterday, the day before. I got my 2021 diary. And I got it because I thought, no, 2021 is going to be a good year. Yeah. 2020 has been a year of 
Christ, where we've all had to really reevaluate our lives. And it's been a massive, massive learning for everyone on the planet, (laughs) good and bad. But I thought, no, 2021, let's start moving towards that now. And I'm going to write in the front of my diary on the 1st of January, I'm going to write what I want 2021 to be. Yeah. Yeah, What I want it to be for me, yeah. Yeah. And set the intention. I'm going to do it later. I'm going to write it out because, you know, for me personally, there's been good and tough things within COVID. But overall, when I look at it, it's been one of the best experiences I've had. Yeah. And I know I'm an optimist. I know I, you know, I'm a bit Pollyanna. I am. I do find the good in everything. But when I when I lost my sight years ago, and people ask me now, oh my God, that must have been terrible, wasn't it? And I say, no, it's the best thing that happened to me at the time because it made me change my whole life and it showed me what I really wanted and it showed me what I was capable of and it showed yeah. me how I could get through tough times. And this is no different. Yeah. You can either look at it as something that's going to break you or you look at it that something that's going to motivate you and help you to find your why, help you to find what it is that you really want. It's yeah. it's your choice. I mean, it's literally as simple as that. You either take the high road or you take the low road. And the high road might be tougher, but it's going to feel better in the long run. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That. Couldn't agree more. It has been an absolute pleasure sharing this. And oh, I know I um, talking to you. I mean, the, the listeners, if if you take nothing else from what we've shared join this movement now and then see as it grows how you grow what you learn from each and every one of these exhibitors see what the wonderful things are that the sponsors are putting in and just learn and grow and do it now because otherwise you'll be sitting here listening to interviews in december and thinking why on earth didn't i do it earlier and Yes, this is brand new. It's brand new. This is the first time we've run it. So get in whilst it's on lower prices because once it becomes established and we have that following, the prices are going to go up. They're not going to go up massively because I'd never get it out of people's budgets. But make sure you grab it now and learn and grow so that you can be in the audience and attendee now but in December, you could be an exhibitor and come March, you could have earned enough and been in a place where you become a sponsor because that's how you and your business have grown. So and who knows one day, if it feels right, we might have an in-person Pearls of Wisdom retreat. I'd be there. I mean, this is this is ideally. I will always do the online because I think that is going to be the new normal. But yes, mm. when we can move freely, this is what I want to do in different areas so people can replicate it and actually follow through and see as long as it's delivering on the same dreams and ideas and everything that Pearls of Wisdom stand for, that can be used and duplicated across mm. across the globe, really. It's exciting. It is the possibility. So it just leaves me to say, Joe Duckfield, thank you so much. It is always a pleasure. I could talk to you all day long, but literally the pearls of wisdom that you share is just fantastic. Thank you so, so much. And thank I you. Namaste to Namaste. you. Pearl. Thank you. <laughs> 
thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.